Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, as always, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, say hello. Hello. Yes. You know, why is your name in Bruni's... Why can't, why can't it be like... Because you're expendable. Sorry. <laughs> I guess that's what you get when you yeah. always say hello to for your opening entrance. <laughs> ten ten day contract. Colin Mitchell yeah, is he, here. He resigns me every week. Have to so. just renew his contract <laughs> every time. Um, Colin, it was a rough day for North Texas yesterday uh, for North Texas fans, and uh, we we were. Um, I think everybody was was kind of frustrated yesterday. Lots of people were frustrated. Yes, it was. A, it was. It was bad. Some frustrated for the right reasons. Some frustrated for the wrong reasons. But we'll get into that. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, for those of you who didn't know or couldn't watch it because they don't have a sling or a fubo or a BN BN. So if sports, you have direct TV just, or yeah. any of those. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So if you couldn't watch the game, um, North Texas lost to UAB twenty-nine to twenty-one yesterday. It was on the road, so obviously we were not there. We were. We were watching it. We were, you know, tuning in, and it was a performance that has a lot to to. I mean, it gives us a lot to talk about. Tons that's, of layers. That's, that's There's lots thing. of layers. For yeah, this it's game. similar to. I always say this, but it's easier to talk about a loss on here. Like, it's easier to go in depth with a loss than it is with a win for most yeah. for most cases. Like Southern Miss last week it was like, oh yeah, you know, they came out, they ran the ball well. Yeah, a lot of things well. are masked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go in depth about what went poorly i guess right because a lot of times nothing really does go poorly but yeah i mean last night there were some was a, things went poorly there were things that <laughs> went poorly and and there are people who are saying to burn everything and to throw blow this it up. season blow it up get rid- <laughs> yeah hit, I did. hey TNT. there was also a tweet go ahead that said that we were as worse North Texas is worse as their one eleven season. I saw, I saw that. It was, it That's said bad. that it was basically the same as the one eleven season with the mentality that they had or something like that. That's not they good. They couldn't close. That's very ungood. Very not good. Um, so whoever tweeted if, that, if shame that on you. If that guy's listening, you know, I shame just, on you. Still. I, shame on you. I don't. <laughs> I don't we, we don't agree with that. But we'll get in, we'll get into all yep. the fan reaction and everything at a later point. But uh. For me, watching watching the game in my room by myself, just taking notes, doing the live updates. If you don't keep track of, or if you don't uh, watch or keep up with that, I do a live updates every road and home game, so you can keep up with it on your phone, mobile device, anything like that. He's a great just, guy for you guys. Yeah, every big play, every possession is logged in there. So even if you just want to go back and recap the game, you can go in there and see how every single drive went, and see you can really tell when you go back and look at it where the momentum shifts and where everything changes and for last night you can tell once it was 21 to 10 then it turns into 21 12 then it goes 21 19 21 26 and then you just it's just right downhill time after time at time and so you can you can see all that there but um we we need to talk about why this loss is so important first before we get into the specifics because for those of y'all who don't know, UAB was two was three zero entering the game. North Texas and this is all in conference play. UAB yeah. was three zero. North Texas was two and one. Both of them are the probably the favorites at this point with Louisiana Tech to win the division. And again, if you win the division, you make it to the conference championship game, which is the goal. Um, Seth Luttrell said hundreds of times, we want to build champions and uh, or build leaders, win win championships, something like that. It, what is it on the field? 
it's is preparing leaders building champions no building champions preparing leaders it's, it's building champions first okay okay yeah. that's what it is anyway Seth Luttrell says that a lot so they probably will not be winning championships this year unless it's the Bulls uh, they won't even be going to a championship this they will year not. correct yeah so <laughs> so again this loss puts them at two and two it puts them a game behind Louisiana Tech who they have lost to already and it puts them two games behind UAB who they lost to already so it's it's not going to happen yeah, this year. That's and the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, and then, so that's, let's just get that out of the way right now. They're not going to be winning the Conference State Championship unless if even more chaos happens. But that'd be very tough. Yeah, yeah even Southern Miss is two and one right now. So you, yeah, you need but them to lose too. They're not as good as UAB. Of course, of course. But so let, let's let's get into this game. Um, unless you have a general note, you have a general note on the game. I said not a general note, but I will say that it's okay. I'm just going to okay. pre- preface this whole pod with it's okay. okay. Don't blow it up. Okay. Don't burn it to the ground. Okay. Like I agree, don't burn it Texas. to the ground, but I'm not sure. It's okay has different layers to it. it okay, it's okay. It, it's okay. It's not okay to lose, obviously, and there's yeah. obviously problems, yeah. but it's okay where the program's at. Yes, that makes okay. sense. Okay. That makes sense. It's okay. All right, <laughs> so starting off with Mason Fine, as we always do on this podcast when we talk about the individual games. Mason Fine was 29 of 40. He had, I believe, 334 yards. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. 334 yards or something like that. Three touchdowns, no picks, one fumble, which we will get into. He was surgical. He was perhaps... Very good. Yeah, he (laughs) perhaps played his best game that I've seen since... Man, let me think for a second. Since... I mean, it was... Since that SMU maybe well, or I mean, Incarnate Word, Incarnate you could Word. argue this one's better because it's against an actual defense. Yeah, I mean he, what he was able to do against this team when he had time, and that's a big key. When he had time, he was carving them up. He knew where he wanted to go to the ball with the ball. He was precise. He didn't miss many throws. I'm trying to think of a throw he actually like missed. Missed that when he had time, none of them really come to my yeah. head. Uh. Jalen Guyton had another drop. I want to, I want to say that, which um, is uh, still alarming, because I'm waiting for a game where he doesn't have a drop. But I, ro- I wrote <laughs> it down. Happening. I wrote it down in my book or in my notes that Jalen Guyton dropped, and so uh, once the game started, neither team could move the ball. Both teams went three and out to start the drive. Both teams had a sack to start to in their first drive. Both defenses mm-hmm. did. And Mason, though, settled in really quickly. He got him going. He hit Rico Busty on a 55-yard touchdown when it was like basically a slant, and he just ran it the rest of the way. But that's what happens when UAB is in a cover two and they're in a man-heavy set. I mean, you're going to give up those plays to Rico Busty, Jalen Darden, and guys like that. Um, Kimon Hall started as well. We'll get into that. I, I'm just reading down my notes yeah, that yeah, I have yeah. right now. Just do what you got to do. Um, Fine, I have written down fine is surgical. Um, the run game kind of kept plugging away, but he didn't get anything going. So that, all of that, Mason Fine didn't have time. The run game wasn't going, but he still found a way to go 29 to 40 for over 330 yards. And 336. I mean, 336. And, man, he was just, like I said, it was his best game since week two at least. Yeah. I mean, he was tremendous out there, and he even gave them a chance at the end of the game to go down and win the game. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, he kind of thought he was going to for a second there. I mean, yeah. he hit, what was it, four consecutive passes? Yeah, he was he was amazing. I mean, two minutes and ten seconds left on that last drive, and he pushed them down the field. 
Um, just one yard short of getting the first down. Yeah. Uh, I think another note is Jalen Darden. Yes. 10 receptions, yeah, 48 yards, I think Jalen Darden. Uh, he's kind of come into, like, on the level that, you know, Guyton and, and Busty are. He, he they all, all three of them have, add different elements. I mean, you, you'd say that, like, Jalen, okay, Guyton, I guess, yeah, is, go, is, Guyton. is the route runner. Rico, you kind of hit over the top. And then Darden just, I mean, he's... He, he loses his man. He, he kind of has like a Golden Tate type of like, I mean, yards after catch mm-hmm. type of feel to him. Yeah. Uh, he does a lot with little in, in, in open field. And I mean, you saw that with the with, when he broke that guy's ankles on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he went straight out of bounds. <laughs> Might be the play of the year. I'm trying to think of a better play all year that got me out of my seat and got me yelling. Obviously, I can't do that at home games, but yeah, I'm just in my room yeah. and he broke his ankles. Like, oh my gosh. And then he goes well, and I breaks mean, another the one. Punt, I was like, oh, fake punt. Yeah, well, yeah, the fake punt was amazing. Um, but I mean, Jalen Darren's just creativity. He's been the most, I've said it before, he's been the most consistent receiver. Rico Bussey has been really good and really consistent too, but Rico's had his drops as well. I feel like Jalen mm-hmm. Darn has been the most consistent receiver. Reliable. Yeah, reliable. There you go. Yeah. Uh, receiver that Mason Fine has because he doesn't have to get him the ball down the field for him to get yards. He can get him the ball five yards, ten yards down the field, and he'll break it for 20 yards. Yeah. And so Jalen Darden, who I wrote um, a, a profile on or a feature on, if you haven't read it yet, go, Shameless go check plug. it out. Shameless plug. Uh, I plugged it on my Twitter twice, two or three times during the game. It. Yeah, so, I saw that. So don't don't worry, it's been plugged enough. Um, Just go take a look at it. Yeah, go take a look at it. But Jalen Darden, I mean, the reason I wanted to write it on him was because going into the game, I thought he was the most reliable receiver they had. And then after the game, he he enforces that with his performance. And Jalen Darden last year was really effective as a freshman, and this year he's already doubled his yards per catch. I mean, um, he is getting tons of yards after after the catch, and I just think that he is he really is key to what this offense wants to do because, mm-hmm. like you said, Rico Busty and Jalen Guyton are the bigger guys. They're big play guys. They can go down the field a little bit more. But and I think we should talk about this. Michael Lawrence didn't. I don't think he had a catch. Um, uh, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, me but yeah, that. check that. I don't think Michael Lawrence had a reception, and Jalen Darden had ten. And Michael so, Lawrence had one for four yards. One for four yards. So. I said coming into the season that I could see that shifting, and that's exactly how it's gone. Jalen Darn has gone just taken completely over. above and beyond what we expect. I don't think we went, we came this season thinking that you'd have a 143 yard game by Jalen Darden. I agree. I mean, I had him at. I think I had him catching six touchdown passes this year going into well, we had I, two last night. Yeah. So, <laughs> so again, I had him having a big year from the jump. Yeah. And this is this is not me. This is not me boasting or anything like yeah. that. But. Mace, I'm saying this because Mason Fine said it before the year, and so that's why I'm not surprised that Jalen Darden has had the breakout season Absolutely. that he's had um, in his sophomore year, and he's just been so impressive, and so I don't think you can say enough good things about him as a player um, right now. Kudjo so, got two catches. Kudjo did get two catches. How many did Guyton have? I just looked at that thing. He had more. It was five. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you would have said something <laughs> if you're not. Um, but, yeah, Mason Fine was tremendous. We covered on the receivers. Guess uh, that run game that we touted, man. We so did hi- we did hype it up, man. Why do we have to do that? The thing is, the thing is, we uh, we got so caught up in the moment, the moment, Bruni. We really we did. did. We did. I mean, we knew in the back. We, I mean, we knew. It's like after the pod, like when we're talking about it, we're so hyped. We think about it. It's like bang, bang, bang. And then after, I mean, like in the game, we're like, oh yeah, they shouldn't run. I mean, like no one thinks they should run on third yeah. and two and yeah. fourth and whatever. Yeah, but. 23 rushes for 64 yards. Yeah. 
That's and tough. The thing is, we should have the inconsistencies have been there all year. Right. Yeah. We should. And we we got we got excited last last week and saying that you know this this run game is is really something. It's I don't even know how much we we hyped it up. So well, I don't, just be, I think it was just because it was the I mean but Southern they, Miss has a real deal defense. Yes, and, that, that is and the thought. DeAndre Torrey looked good. I agree. UAB's front line though is something it's different. different. It's, it's Louisiana different. Tech level, and yeah. those two guys, those two teams are probably the best two front lines in all of Conference USA. So, um, you go against that. UAB didn't have the corners that La Tech did, but up front you could just see that they dominated up front, and so it didn't give them any running lanes unless it was Mason Fine who scrambled for a few yards. Um, he had a pretty decent outing on as far as running goes. Um, except for his one fumble, which happened on the four-yard line, which was, I'm not going to say it was controversial because everyone knew it was a fumble, but he was called down, and they went back, reviewed it, and it was kind of a good and bad thing because on the on the good side for North Texas is that it looked like when they picked it up, they could have returned it all the way for a touchdown. and so You that, almost would rather have that, though. Maybe. I mean... No, but at the time, you're not thinking that they're going to drive 96 yards on you. That's so <laughs> there's no reason that they should drive that far down the field. And they did. And they got a field goal out of it, I believe. Um, yeah, I think that's when they killed it from eight minutes to two minutes left on the clock and uh, kicked the field goal. And so you're not thinking that at the time. But um, on the other side of the coin, Seth Luttrell is upset because they called him down. And I think he thought that it, was, um, it wasn't – indisputable evidence i thought yeah cause the way the way i mean just for people who don't know the way the rules work is the call on the field ha- can only be overturned if the evidence i mean is just blatant mm-hmm. and i i mean i didn't watch the game i listened to the game and obviously it's came to you so they're gonna be a little bit more homer like but of course the way it was explained over the radio broadcast was that the the camera angle was from like midfield and you couldn't actually see at all what was happening so i don't know if that was true i'm, I'm in my opinion it was clearly a fumble okay and so okay. i i didn't have a problem with that I had a problem with the play call where Mason Fine had back-to-back quarterback draw plays after we've gone the whole season and seen him run. We've probably seen quarterback draw plays on, I can count on my hand, in the first six games of the season, and now we're running back-to-back draw plays. And while it worked, it kind of worked, but this is the risk you have when you run Mason Fine. He's not not a big guy. He is strong, but he's not used to carrying the ball in that sense right you you have him slide most of the time yes and and, and so when you he got hit <laughs> yeah late game when you need a touchdown um in that scenario mason fine is not going to slide and you know that as an offensive coordinator coming yeah. in and i think i don't think graham harrell did as poor of a job as people are saying I at agree. all i agree um but in that that scenario i did um have a little qual how is it quibble qualm. quabble qualm qualm okay sure i had a qualm with um, with back-to-back draw plays, even though it did work in hindsight, but you do just run a big risk with whether it's Mason getting injured, whether it's Mason fumbling the ball. I think it's more so the injury, too. Yeah, I mean, he gets yeah. hit so often. He does. He doesn't need to get hit anymore. Yeah, he's been running around that whole game uh, yeah. last night. So, But that was um, that was Mason's one big mistake for, for the game. Other than that, I think he was tremendous. Yeah, and, and I mean, the UAB defender made a play. It's it's, it did. it's it did. it's not like Mason just like wasn't covering the ball and just you know tried you know jumping helicoptering into the end zone or anything yeah. like that. It's, yeah. I mean they made a play and it happens. But UAB went into halftime and just came out knowing what they had to do, mm-hmm. um, and and they executed it well. But you can't you can't you can't hate on like a Mason Mason for fumbling the ball or 
any of the UNT coaches for UAB adjusting to UNT's game plan. Yeah. Um, I guess the only thing you could say is that why didn't UNT adjust back? Adjust back. But yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do that during a game. It is. Um, we'll get into this. We'll get into this when we talk about the fan, um, the fans, and everything that we've heard. Um, but I do want to talk about the offensive line um, oh. and the struggles that they had. They gave up four sacks. They gave up five quarterback hurries. And that's not including the uh, grounding penalty in the end zone that led which to the safety. Which wasn't Mason's fault, by the way. Which was not Mason's <laughs> fault whatsoever because I forget the guy's name. And um, But the the nose tackle pretty much split the center and guard, uh, the Mosey brothers. He splits them and just gets a step on Mason before he can even take a third step on his drop. And it's just over at that point. And Mason, I mean, it makes sense. You just got to try to get rid of the ball in the end zone. Because you're gonna take you're gonna take a safety yeah, either way, you, so you, you might as well it. just try to do something. And so he ta- so he gets gets called for grounding, and it's a safety, and it completely turns the game. Because then they go down and score after they receive the punt, and just like that, it goes from 21 to 10 to 21 to 19. And the safety came after they forced a fumble on the one yard line and recovered it. So yep, double edged sword there. So UAB <laughs> was gonna go score. They get a big stop, stop them, and then UAB gets the momentum right back. So I mean, it's. The offensive line struggled. I saw a lot of people coming for Jordan Murray's head. I saw um, Gabe Brooks from 24-7, who my coworker, he, he, I mean, he's above me, but whatever. Um, he, this he is was, Bruni's breakdown, damn it. Yeah, this is Bruni's <laughs> breakdown. And so I mean, he was coming to the defense of Jordan Murray saying that, I mean, he was going against an, an NFL caliber guy on that end. And Jordan Murray has started tons of games at left tackle for this team, and we know what Jordan Murray is. We know what Jordan Murray can and cannot do. So at this point, how upset can you get at Jordan Murray for not playing at the level? When I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, I would start redshirt freshman Jacob Brammer at left tackle. I absolutely would. Who has gone back and forth with Jordan Murray for the starting role at the beginning of the season, and now Jordan Murray started the last two games. Jordan Murray, we know what he is, and I think at this point you're not going to win a conference championship game. Your goal right now is to win every game. But it's to go ten and two and win a bowl game. So at this point, I mean, you're you're gonna lose. Jordan Murray's gonna be gone next year. Yeah. Jacob Bram will play start the a, kids. J- Jacob <laughs> Bram will start at left tackle. No, I I do not think start play the kids. But I just I'm, think I'm, at I'm this. Just, I'm I understand. Just but stuff. no, I got that also in a in a in a message. Oh, okay. Well, then sorry yes. for the overreaction. Yes. Yes. Hyperbole. You just yeah. Anyway, fed into it. So. I just I w- I would start Jacob Bram at this point because Jordan Murray had holding calls he had he got beat around the edge and while he is going against a, a good he's going against a good defensive end this is conference usa and the best defensive ends in conference usa are not as good as any defensive end in the power five conference besides maybe jalen ferguson and a couple others you have to jordan murray just he's just jordan murray he's just not he's just not it he's yeah, just he's not, not he's not it, and we it's not like you said, it's not a surprise. We've seen. I mean, last year, uh, I mean, people blame Mason for lots of stuff because he gets so much pressure on the left side and rolling out and either taking a sack or anything. But it's most of the time because the left tackle can't can't block for him. And I, last game we made a comment. Uh, I forgot Southern Miss's defensive end, but they had to double team their defensive end pretty much every time because Jordan Murray would just let him blow by him. They they did they um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Louisiana Tech, Jalen Ferguson, same thing. It's a good defensive end, and it's a tough task for Jordan Murray. It's but not an excuse, though. 
I mean, I mean, because it's because it's not it's not the only excuse you have is that North Texas doesn't have the depth at the offensive line to replace him. Yeah, I mean, which is a fair point, but you can't. I'm saying you can't be like, okay, Jordan Murray is is what he is, and just leave it at that because it's not okay. You know, he's just a below average left tackle in Conference USA. And the thing is, though, we're getting we're going off on on Jordan Murray right now, but it was also a lot of the offensive line. I mean, I saw maybe yeah. the most missed assignments that I've seen watching this team, and that goes for the center Manasseh Mosi and Sasaya Mosi, uh, the center guard combo. Um, those those two I are usually rock solid up there. Alex Woodworth also at left guard. He he got pushed around as well. It went all the way across. I think even Riley Mayfield gave up that sack and to start the game in the first drive of the series. So all five of them did not were just overwhelmed. And yeah. while we know this offensive line is not great, we know this offensive line is probably middle of the pack for Conference USA. It just it just hurts to yeah. watch Mason Fine constantly have, being on the move, being pressured, being hurried. I mean, of his, I mean, how many pass attempts did he have? He had forty. He had forty pass attempts. Five, four were sacks, five were quarterback hurries, and one was an intentional grounding. That's ten. So that's ten of your forty pass attempts. And the throwaway at the end of the game. What do you mean by that? The, the that would that would be the other incompletion, the eleventh incompletion. He threw twenty nine passes. Yes. Or tw- he completed twenty nine passes. Yeah, yeah, but that, but that's not all. The sacks are not going to count in the incomplete passes though. So that's. Oh, not, I thought. That's, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. But I'm just saying on uh, probably ten or at least ten of his forty passes he was hurried on. Yeah. Like that's one out of every four times he drops back. I mean. It's just tough to get in a rhythm, but he yeah. did a great job. Like I said, Mason Fine came, overcame a lot of that. So that's the offensive line. Um, lastly, I want to talk about the run disparity because UAB ran the ball down North Texas' throat in the second half especially, Yeah. while North Texas couldn't run the ball at all. Like you mentioned, 23 for 60. Uh, 60, 64. Let me double-check that. Go with that. Mid-60s. Either yeah. way, it's, it's not – not very good. It's under three yards a carry. Uh, yeah, DeAndre uh, Torrey, uh, leading rusher, 13 carries for 35 yards. And, I mean, 12 of those yards were Mason. Yeah. So, put I that mean, in perspective. Um, I remember if you take out the sacks, then it's 4.1 yards per carry. But that's still not um, that's still not very good because that counts. Mason finds uh scramble he had that went for, like, eight yards. He, that includes his quarterback draws that went for, like, eight yards apiece. So, you exclude Mason. You only take the running backs, and it's really not an impressive performance. Yeah by the running backs or the offensive line. And I just think that DeAndre Torrey, we've said before, has to have space to operate, um, and he didn't have any space. So DeAndre Torrey is, re- is maybe more reliant than like a Lauren Easley is on the offensive line, and the offensive line, as we mentioned, just didn't uh, didn't get that push that DeAndre Torrey needs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think – I don't know if you have this written down, but I think another thing is to – I think probably one of the biggest plays of the game – is when there was like I think it was 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter and mm-hmm. North Texas gave up a third and 24 on a pass yeah. interference, two pass yeah, interference calls they did. and you can't do that. Uh, it kind of was reminiscent of last season, seeing stuff like that. And, yeah. and the secondary, I mean, we've seen it to where it's kind of shaky uh, at times. At times, I mean, not, I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, the secondary course, is greatly improved, but I mean, against this team, you got You got to be better. There's than, no reason. There's you can't give a pass interference play on third and 24. Yeah. That that one that one was that one hurt uh, bad, and I think that led to a touchdown. That did lead to a yeah. touchdown because two plays later they they scored a touchdown, and so that just obviously swings the game. And Taylor Robinson has not he hasn't struggled this year. He just I feel like he he's a good pass coverage guy, but um, 
I mean, he does have his shortcomings. Mm-hmm. It's his first year starting for North Texas, yeah. so it's it's tough. Kimon Hall also started. I said that earlier. Kimon Hall started, yeah. and there was one play where Kimon Hall went for attack when you could clearly see that he was Kinda trying. A little he bit. was trying not to hit with his um. I believe it was his left shoulder. Yeah, it's his left shoulder. And he was trying not to, and he missed the tackle. So I mean, I don't know if I would have started Cam Johnson if he felt any pain because I feel like this is too big of a game to have a guy not. Yeah, 100%. you can't you can't have a guy not go hundred. Yeah, I mean, Kimon Hall. Kimon Hall is a great corner, obviously. But him at 80%, I don't think is better than Cam Johnson at 100%. So, I agree. So um, we don't know the severity. We don't know if there was just maybe one play where he felt it. But regardless, yeah. that play stood out to me. Yeah. And and another play, too, at the end of the game, it was third and nine or third and eight. Mm-hmm. And they gave up a pass in the middle. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, no. It was, it, was a, it, was a, it was an outside run. Yeah. No, yeah. The, the third and nine before they stopped them yeah. was a run just on the yeah, right the side. Run. And, they got and then they had a third yards. and five after that. Yeah. And then they didn't get it the next time because they okay. just ran it. Yeah. But... The defense, I felt like the only highlight of the defense really was EJ Ajia, who had 14 tackles and was everywhere on the field. I mean, like the, he's been. Yeah, the the color the color analysis, uh, and the color analyst, color was, commentator, the color commentator, whatever was Come on. was doing really was really raving about EJ and EJ just was everywhere, like he said. So, shout out to EJ Ajia. He had, he did well after every sack. It was pretty funny. EJ and Brandon, uh, just politely. Shook hands. They went around. Oh, the whole defense had just politely shook hands. hands. Yeah, it was it was That's tremendous. Funny. So your guy Joe Zogu had a one and a half sacks. Yeah, Joe Joe's good. Joe has been playing a lot these last two games. So um, good for him. And I guess he's showing a lot in practices because he is showing out on games. That's what we. I mean, that's what I expected from him. Um, anything else on this game? Any any other player you want to point out? No. You good? All right. Let's let's talk about. Well, actually, before we get to that, I have one note that I actually wrote down that I really wanted to talk about. Okay. It wasn't. It's not really that staggering or that important, but I really just wanted to say it. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Sounds good. Not Let's sure, hear it. Not sure what it exactly means because it it's not that bad of a thing. But we've the fundamental makeup of this offense. We can't expect the run game to be anything special for this on a consistent basis. Right. We know that. Yeah. And when you look at the numbers, they North Texas has 201 total first downs on the season. 121 of those is pass, um, which is fourth, tied for fourth most in the country. So we know okay. it's a pass-heavy offense. We know right. when you have, we know when that. You have Mason Fine. Yes. <laughs> uh, 62 first downs have been uh, achieved on the ground. So that's tied for 79th. Uh, okay. That's not too surprising either. Um but one thing that that does tell me is that in short yardage situations, last night um, they they ran the ball on a few occasions. Back to back on one of them too. And a lot of times when you have to get yeah, a lot of times when you have to get a first down, that's when you. This isn't going to make sense, but a lot of times when you have to get the first down, that's when you. That's when you get the first down, if that makes sense. So with those 121 passing. Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. First downs. Yeah, okay. Show what this team is and show how they can move the ball five yards. They're right. better at moving the ball three yards through the air than they are on the ground, and that shows when you have 121 passing first downs because not, those are not 121 passing first downs on first and tens. Those are second and five, second and fours, right? Second and threes. So that's my that's that's maybe I'm looking too deep into that, but uh, no, I, I think that that was an interesting stat to me because this happened uh, against LaTeX as well. When, yeah. they, when they went for the run late game, and that's what made it to where they had to yeah. kick, kick that kick field, field goal. And 
when you have Mason doing what he does, I mean, Mason had a fantastic game at the end, end game on that final drive. He also carved up the defense, and you need to trust Mason in that. I th you just need to trust, trust the passing game in those situations. You have th four, arguably, really good receivers for this team. One of them is going to get open. Mason's going to find him yeah. eight times out of ten. Yeah, and so that that's that stuck out to me, and I think that that's something worth noting that I, th I think running plays on first and second down are fine, but when you get to third down, I mean, obviously you want to keep the defense off balance, but the defense probably knows that you're a passing team at this point in the season. So that, that number some jumped out to me. Another one that jumped out to me was the penalty numbers. They have 39 penalties on the season, which isn't bad, tied for 90th in the FBS, which is good. That's yeah. good. Uh, but their yardage is those 39 penalties have gone for 448 yards. <laughs> and that's tied for 46th. Or no, that is 46th in the FBS. So that's obviously for, uh, top third. Top third, basically, yeah. in, in the country. Um, so that's 11.5 yards per penalty. So these are not... Those are first downs. These are not <laughs> false starts. These are not delay of games. These are not... Um, I mean, any five-yard penalty, really. These are holds. These are... Pass interferences. These are personal fouls, which we saw against Southern Miss, against um, yeah. La Tech. Even they're big. They're big penalties, which is not normal. Which which you can tell is not normal. Yeah. Uh, which is something that they have to, they have to clean up. I mean, personal fouls, especially. Like, yeah. Those are. I mean, those are preventable 100 percent of the time. Yeah. So I mean, that caught my eye. 90, 90th in total penalties, but 46th in penalty yards. That's a huge jump, and that's something that needs to be addressed i think when you look at this team 11.5 yards mm -hmm. per penalty and and those are That's big huge. those are big uh i mean those are big reasons why north texas gave up s some points i mean 30-24 mm -hmm. yeah. and then against la tech you had the ej gia unsportsmanlike yeah. contact conduct yeah. and then you had the one against southern miss that didn't lead to points but yes it, it matters it, could it have. matters all the it same could have, yeah. yeah um let's see what was the other thing i have i have one more okay so north texas is now 7 of 15 on fourth downs the um, of the teams who have attempted over f 14 or more f fourth downs on the season, um, that's 48 teams. So 48 teams have attempted 14 or more fourth downs okay. this season. North Texas is 7 to 15. They are tied for 39th in that conversion conversion percentage now. So that was again. These aren't. These aren't. I'm not saying these stats to make a huge point or anything. Right, I just think that individual they're, things. Just, they're just interesting things to me. You're basically bottom 10 in out of 48 teams uh, when it comes to fourth downs of teams who've gone for 14 or more times uh and that goes back to what i said earlier maybe just trying to do too much on the ground for a team who is equipped to pass the ball right so um yeah again take those stats how you will that's I, I look. I look, when I look stuff up. I wanna. I want people to hear. You about got. It. You got. Yeah. You got, so Bernie needs to be heard. Yes. So, all right. Let's get into fan reactions now because we had some. Or I had some good fan reactions. There were some very, very big hot I heard, takes. I heard there were some hot. There were some hot takes I saw on Twitter. There's some hot takes I saw. I heard about. There were some hot takes, everywhere. So let's let let's get Can into. Are we doing this like a list? Or are we doing it? Like, do we are we acting to like a we, list of individual? We can just ones? do. We can just do it like a like a. A, a speed round kind of where you're okay like, let's we, do that we you, just you read we'll, them off you, like thing is i don't have them exactly in front of me come on i'm, I'm very unprepared as you can just tell. throw them out just i'm, as you I'm just gonna them. say the ones i remember okay yeah exactly uh actually you 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 start with your one that you already said the, oh yeah uh the, so i i'm not 
I don't remember the exact tweet. Let me but, get the exact tweet. Okay. Basically what it said, it was that this team has the mentality of the team three seasons ago, which went 1-11. This team is currently 6-2. and two. I got and, you. Uh, I got you. Read okay, it. yeah. Read it off. The lack of a run game is almost as astonishing as this team's ability to lose all motivation during halftime. They go from an unbeatable power to to the same 1-11 squad Latrell inherited. Okay. Boom. <laughs> Soundboard. Yeah. Bang. Bang. Um, Hot take. All right. UAB makes adjustments at halftime. And again, it's, um, I'm not sure. It's a, again, it's not a lack of motivation. If anything, I would say that it's uh, UAB making making changes that North Texas is not being able to counter those right. adjustments. If anything, that's what I would say. Exactly. I don't think it's a lack of motivation. And and Mason beats himself up when they win by 30. Exactly. I mean, it's not like Mason's not out there losing. Mo- Mason does not lose motivation. <laughs> Mason is out there to win every exactly. single game. Exactly. Okay, next one. Um, one, one that I heard uh, quite quite frequently was that uh, Graham Harrell's offensive play calls are terrible and that they <laughs> people were just ripping Graham Harrell in general. There were a lot of tweets that I saw about Graham Harrell, especially the I think the one that, that I probably agree with at this point is their back-to-back runs on third and fourth down. So I agree with those, but other than that, uh, uh, I don't think Graham Harrell did it, was responsible for them not scoring a single point in the fourth quarter or in the second half. I think agreed. that was way more offensive line. Yeah, I mean, you, you could argue like that Graham Harrell has some questionable calls, but he's also one of the reasons why this team is where it's at right now. It's not like it's not like Graham Harrell's a new coach and because the offensive coordinator got hired away. Graham Harrell is still, you know, the architect behind this offense. Along with Seth, obviously, but the only thing you can really question him on is the is, is the run calls. Other than that, I mean, I don't really know what you can say. I'm not sure if my board will load, but you have another one. Yeah, on your board. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Nor. Uh, let me. Let me. Yeah. Plug, plug it. it. Plug let it. Plug, plug it, it while I'm while I'm talking about it. You need like a it. plug soundboard. We just need a soundboard in general. <laughs> um. So on Mean Green twenty four seven. If you just Google that, you'll you'll find it. Or if you go to my Twitter, you'll find it as well. Um, you can post on the board. You can make make a topic. You can start conversation. You can do. I mean, there's a ton you can do. Not just. I mean, you can subscribe VIP stuff. We have a ton of VIP stuff you can read about that. Not do that for basketball about. season. Oh, basketball is going to be huge. We'll get into that later. Um, okay. Here's 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 a take. Okay. In the first half, we were dominating with quick routes and getting the ball to our playmakers. Okay. Then we completely abandoned it, opting to force feed the struggling run game, reeked of don't lose mentality rather than go win. So that kind of goes to the same thing, you know, the mentality. He's he's saying that the mentality was to to you know not oh, to run up the score and just kind of. It was basically like, oh, let's protect this win instead of you know go win. That's what he's saying. It basically oh. was, and he also said that. They went away from the short passes and decided to try to run the ball when they didn't have to. Okay, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't listen to the whole game because I was busy yesterday. So I don't know about the short passes thing. Yes. But I guess this is kind of be a well. The short passes thing is the Rico Bussy slant for a touchdown where he ran for a touchdown. Jalen Darden, all the short okay, passes. Okay, okay, so so okay. Well, and the second are... half, it was kind of it was kind of different. Um, again, I think that's just UAB making changes. But um, there there were times where North Texas looked like they were trying to. Trying to do maybe too much, but I don't think Mason had time to. I don't think he had the same time that he had in the first half, and I think the run game was an attempt to buy him more time because you have to keep the run defense the ball. Honest. Yeah, you have to run the ball yeah. in order to open up the pass game at at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, those short routes 
most of the time stay short and don't go for long touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I mean, that's all I'm going to say to that because yeah. you're not going to have Darden or Rico run for 55 yards every time you run a slant. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't think they ran the ball that much more than the second half than they did in the first half even. Um, I think I can look at that. I felt like in the second half, if anything, they were maybe more successful running the ball than they were in the first half. In the first half, they couldn't run the ball at all. And it was really just those big plays that allowed them to score the ball. The Jalen Darden touchdown, Rico Bussey touchdown. Uh, so I'm not sure if I completely agree with that. But um, hey, man, that's that's your that's your take. It's your take. It's a interesting hot take. Let me see if I have any more on the board. You you try to think of one. Well, uh, I'm trying to think of one that I thought of. See, I mean, this is another one play. Oh, I saw a tweet. Okay, we already talked about this, but I saw a tweet blaming Mason. For getting sacked in the end zone or grounding in the in the end zone. Interesting. It's I mean, it's not Mason's fault. Interesting. I'm 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 gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and say that they're listening to him on the radio. They didn't get good commentary. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't Mason's it, fault. It, it absolutely was not. I mean, he didn't even get a third step. Mason Mason threw the ball either to have it caught because I, I didn't watch it or to just throw it away and hope that the refs don't call intentional grounding is all that was. For sure. For sure. Um, again, we have another one on the board saying that the play calling this year has been odd. Um, yeah. Uh, then I, then he calls for Jordan Murray, um, being bad. Um, the defensive line, or no, the defense was fine. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, those were, those were the main ones. Uh, what, what, what it was, it was another one we had, uh, there's tons of them on Twitter. Anything else you heard about that, that comes to mind? Uh, Hot take. Um, well, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's. I just saw so much stuff. It was just. I mean, there lots of them oh, are the same kind. I of, have one. Okay. Someone said. Uh, I'm not sure where it was. Someone said that this team, since they're not going to win a bowl game, or oh, I'm sorry, not going to win, I not going to win a conference about. championship. Yeah, I know. They talking. should uh, start looking to the future and start playing the depth they have on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's at linebacker, whether it's at corner, because defensively they're going to lose. They're going to lose seniors. And he was just offering that maybe we should play the younger guys more now that they're not going to make a conference championship game. This team's six and two. I I agree. <laughs> I don't I don't agree that they should start playing younger guys um, at all yet because yeah. it's eighth, you can't eighth game of the season. You can't blow up blow up the season when you have two losses. I and agree. this is still the year yeah. to to do something right. special. This is the year to go eleven and two potentially. This is the year right. to go. This team is I, I don't know what, I don't know what the stat is. There's probably some stat out there. This team's not won ten games in a very long time. Yeah. I don't know if this team's ever won eleven games. I'm not sure. Um but why why would you blow it up? I mean you have to use what you have while you have it. I agree. It's you're not gonna have two pos- two solid linebackers like this next season. Two solid corners. You're not gonna like have this. Nate Brooks any. You're not. I mean, these are the. You can play the kids, sure, but they're not gonna be up to this level next year because they are still young. Yeah. And you're not. You're like, you're, I, 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 that's just so frustrating. <laughs> it's it's it is it is tough. Time um, to start. Time to start. Uh, I mean, this, this isn't the damn NFL NBA. You're not tanking, right? You what, what are we? What, I yeah. Mean, what, what is there to gain? From I mean, playing? the only gain is obviously you know you get them some playing time. But you're gonna get playing time. Spoiler alert: Rice isn't good. Okay. Then they <laughs> then a UTSA isn't good. They're gonna they should theoretically blow those two teams out. They also have um another easy game, Old Dominion. Old Dominion is not good. They should blow those teams out. Young players will get time to play. All right. Yeah. No need. No need to burn the red shirts, guys. 
No need to bring exactly. Red exactly. I mean, I I understand talking about guys like Cam Johnson. Sure. Jordan got, Roberts. Should you playing time? Uh, Brommer. Yeah, or Jacob Brommer. Uh, uh, guys like that. But like but I said, but that's different. You, you don't have, you don't blow you don't you don't get rid of your all conference possible linebackers, or I guess yeah. one of them. Yeah. Because you want to see Katie Davis play. Right. I mean, what is that? What do you gain from that? I you agree. gain more losses and more frustration. I agree. So, um, but yeah, like I said, they have three. We're, we haven't even talked about the future schedule. We'll talk about that down the line. But, I mean, you still have three cupcake games and FAU left on the schedule. So those three cupcake games, theoretically, you should win those games by a lot. So young guys will get plenty I, of playing time. And I think I, I think people are upset because this team, they know this team is good. And yeah. I feel like, I mean, in any other year, I guess 10-2 gets you to the conference championship game. But this division is so top-heavy and has really bad teams at the bottom that if you make a mistake like North Texas has, it kills you. And it unfortunately, it's happened, and you can't do anything about it. So, yeah. um, I think I I can. The thing is, the thing that makes this type of anxiety amongst fans different from like an anxiety of Oklahoma or a, you know a Power Five school that's that's usually good mm-hmm. is that. North Texas isn't usually right. that good. So you have you have a gym in South Latrell, Mason Fine, and the thought process among fans is that we have to take advantage of this. We have to win. We have to win now, and we have to win a lot. So the reason why that, that guy said, oh, we need to play the young guys, because next year might be South Latrell's last year. Next year is Mason Fine's last year. So you have to be good next year, too. So the anxiety just builds. And that's the that's the interesting thing to me. Yeah, I agree, but yeah, but you can't, it's, you can't control. It's, it's balancing. There's it. no reason to prepare for next season. I guess in pretty much every scenario, unless you're just like Rice and of course terrible, because this team's good still. Next year could be different. God forbid a Mason injury. Any, yeah. I mean anything. You could lose key players next season, and even though they're prepared this season, you could lose them next season. And next season could be just terrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, any, we don't know what's gonna happen. Exactly, you have to no, win while you, you can. Yeah, exactly, win while you can. Uh, appreciate what you have while you can. Of course. Again, this team was one in eleven three years ago. Of course. Now, if this team loses to Rice, then we're having a different discussion. Yeah, but that's then we're having. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't lose to Rice. Hopefully. Uh, all right. That's all the fans' reaction I got. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess before we move on, how do you? What do you think attendance is going to be like next season or next game? Um, assuming that it's not raining and I it was, doesn't give people I was, excuse. I was told numbers are similar. This is of last week, so think last midweek. Okay. They're they are similar to the SMU game in terms of tickets bought. But this is a week. For the Rice game? Yes. Well yeah. Thing is it is homecoming. Right. That's S- gonna students are gonna show up to the homecoming game just because it's homecoming. They're tailgating out there and half of them are drunk and they're gonna just stumble into the stadium. That happens. That happened last year against UTEP when North Texas <laughs> won fifty two to ten. It was a big stadium, so or it was a big crowd. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it'll be good. I think it'll be a good crowd. It won't be sold out like it would be if they were seven and one, but it'll be a good crowd. Uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be about twenty seven thousand, twenty eight thousand, which is which is big. It is big, but it's not surprising I because see it's it homecoming. Up. It's homecoming. It's not gonna. Yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be twenty one thousand. It's not gonna be twenty thousand because you can get more than that just by saying it's homecoming. Come to the game. Okay. I mean, when they went 1-11, there was tons of people at homecoming. Exactly. They got to witness that beautiful gem exactly. of a game. Exactly. All right. It's time for uh, something or nothing. Okay. Let's do a soundboard. Okay, we actually both have some. Okay, you go first no, because you go I'm first. very much more unprepared than you are. 
Unprepared? Yes. All right, I got you. I got you. Were, you. Okay. I didn't get to. You had a whole, hours to decide these. Hours. I have other stuff to write. I'm doing a ten takeaways, which you can find on the site tonight. God, these plugs <laughs> are crazy right now. Oh. <laughs> no, I was doing the ten takeaways, so uh, I still haven't finished. All right, yet. continue. Um, something or nothing. All right, here we go. Off, off the dome. Uh, off the dome. You didn't. You have stuff written down. I don't have anything written down for something. Okay, I'll go. Shut up. I. Okay. Uh, go something or nothing. Second half offense. North Texas gave it's up. It's definitely something. Okay. Sorry, well, I didn't let you expand You on didn't it. let me finish. North Texas scored only three points against La Tech in the second half. Six points. Six segment. points, sorry, in the second half. They only scored. They didn't score any points in the second half against UAB. And Southern Miss was kind of, eh. Southern Miss was good. Southern Miss, they scored 20. Oh, but like, in, I'm talking about like halves. I'm sorry. First half, they didn't score anything. Like, they're having oh, halves. You're talking about in terms of. They haven't put together a whole exactly. game of offense. Sorry, I guess that's would better. Yes, see, it's not that easy for everyone who always makes fun of me for. Not. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just trying to help right. you explain. It's definitely something. Mason Fine is tick pissed who, off about this. Who do you blame it on, though? The 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 man. You grabbing you grabbing Graham's head? No, I'm not I'm grabbing Graham. I'm just it's, kidding. <laughs> all right, see, I'm not gonna blame it on one person. So I'm gonna break this up in percentages. Okay. Oh, zero percent Mason Fine, because and this isn't just that, because. What's Mason, sad is that you had to say that you the, had to say that none is, of this is Mason's fault. It's not just Mason Fine is. I mean, show me a half where Mason Fine has been explicitly bad. He has one interception in eight games. And like, what is it? Nineteen touchdowns now. Yes, nineteen touchdowns now. Crazy. You can't <laughs> you can't point to a half this season where Mason Fine has been bad besides maybe. Was there a half against Arkansas? Because he didn't have a great game against Arkansas, but the run game. But the defense set some up. The really defense well there, set him so. up to where they kind of didn't really have. Yeah, to they get didn't have. Their, to they didn't have time to get so, in the again, I don't think he. I don't think he was poor. Uh, that game. I mean, I just don't think that you can point to Mason Fine and say that the, he's the reason why they can't put together a whole game. All right, zero percent Mason Fine. Uh, give me forty. Give me forty percent offensive line depth and offensive line talent. Okay. Uh, because I feel like the depth isn't very good, and I feel like the fight that they have right now isn't is good. But like I said, it's like average for conference USA play, and you have an above average offense around them. So and your left tackle is yeah, and so yeah, they they struggle. So forty percent them, uh, give me twenty five percent running backs because the running backs without Lauren Easley, without Lauren Easley, because okay. without with Lauren Easley, I think that they have a good variance of backs. Without Lauren Eatley, it's DeAndre Torrey, Nick Smith, and just they need space, like I said. Uh, so that puts us at 65%, and so the other 35% I will put – wait a minute. 5% receivers. 5% receivers. For drops. For the drops, and sometimes they can't get separation. It's frustrating. So, but then the other 30% I'll put on Graham Harrell's um, plate, which I think he can – Play calling or scheming? Play calling, adjustments, and kind of... I feel like scheming's done during the week. I don't think that's too much uh, to worry about there. But play calling and adjustments, I feel like, um, kind of can hinder the offense at times. Okay. Uh, because I feel like, like we said, there's not sometimes there aren't, adjust, there aren't enough adjustments, I feel like. I feel I like agree. the defense comes out and changes, and the offense is kind of a step behind for the second half. So maybe that's what we see. But uh, So yeah, 30% Graham, 5% receivers, 35%... I honestly don't remember what I said. 
forty percent offensive. Just line. rewind the pod. Just do that. Yeah, if you want to hear it, <laughs> go back twenty seconds. <laughs> but anyways, uh, all right, your turn. All right, something or nothing. <laughs> Shut up. Gotta get prepared for this one. Huh? Something or nothing. Let me go through my notes. You actually didn't write it, guys. He's, he's he writes down all these percentages, but can't come up with some simple. <laughs> right, I just <laughs> I did the unnecessary stuff. Uh, something or nothing. Where's the soundboard for Jeopardy music? Damn, this is something or nothing. Something. Okay, I got oh it. I got God, it. I got it. it. Uh, the light bulb. Ding. I got it. 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 Something or nothing. You just had nope, it. Nope, I don't have it anymore. Oh, cancel the segment of the show. We can't cancel the segment. It's an important segment in the show. Yeah, people really tune in to, to just for this section of the show. Chat, back me up. Is is any? Hold on, let me check our Twitch. Oh, we do. Hold on, hold up, hold up. What's it say? All right, we got the offensive line. JML O three three eight. Oh, hey, that's the guy. hey. Welcome back. He hello. was last week. He oh, talked. hello. Welcome back, buddy. Uh, he said. I would like to see Brammer and Brian Parrish get some time. This is on the offensive line. Parrish Brian plays what? Parrish is a guard, I believe. Okay. Almost almost 100% positive. I have to go back and check. Um, doesn't have to be at the same time, just both getting reps. Um, Parrish, I'm almost positive, man. I've seen his name so many times. Brian Parrish, because Thomas Preston turned. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's a guard, because I'm trying to think of the backup for Riley Mayfield. Riley Mayfield backup is... Chandler Anthony, I think. Okay, so, yeah, he's an offensive lineman. Um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I have a something or nothing now. Okay, well, we got to answer the question. I thought, the, did we already talk about the line? Yeah, we kind of did. But uh, do you want to see more intermingling yeah, I think, I in think the that's, offensive line? We, I just I don't. And Jordan Murray's probably a great guy. I just don't want to see him on the field anymore. And just it's not I'm fan not, fatigue. And I'm not saying he's like the worst, absolute worst, like absolutely cannot play football. It's just we know what he is. He's a senior. And we've seen Brammer out there, and he's done what Jordan Murray's done, but he has more potential. Sure. And sure. Yeah, just, and this this appeases to the guys who want to play younger yeah, people. Yeah, play the kids. Play the but kids. But only one of them. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't really have a problem with guards. I mean, Woodworth and uh, most they're 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 good enough. I think that you they can just de- had a really bad game last week. Yeah, you can you can develop the guys just yeah. in terms of practice yeah. and stuff like that. Sure. Um, All right, go to, go with your second one. I'm gonna come. Over okay, with you. so. As we know, North Texas has gotten a lot of media exposure. You know, they tweeted out those graphics of tons and tons of stuff. Sure. CBS did a story over Seth. Seth said in the story. Oh, okay. Oh, we're going big, big. We're going okay, big go, picture. Go so Seth Seth said that he's been getting calls. Yes, we knew this. This is probably the first time that, I mean, I don't. you haven't asked that question. No. But this is this season is the real season where Seth could leave. Seth could, if, if this team went 14-0, Seth has a pretty good chance of leaving. Yes. Is it something or nothing? Seth Luttrell getting calls, basically. Also, he signed with an agent, did he not? He signed with probably the biggest agent. He's a. Uh, oh, I, I have to go back and look. Sorry, this I story for, came I, out last week. Yeah, I like forgot. I forgot his age. I forgot who his agent represents. But it's like, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, it's huge coaches. It's not. It's not like some yeah. rinky-dink. Yeah, and uh, so. So something or nothing. Him getting calls. I think it's obviously something. I think. It but, should, but it should be something. Expand on that in terms of I like, am, I am, I am. Okay, okay, cool. So, Seth the Trail getting calls is not surprising 
in the least. And I don't think it is to anybody. It's not. It's not. The fact that he signed with an agent is surprising to me, and it caught me up, took me aback a little bit because Seth is – what's the word here? Seth, before – when this story came out, the team was 6-1, and one, okay? And every every sign pointed to if this team goes 13-1 and one or this – you know, this team has yeah, a really exactly. good record, Seth could be gone. So – it's definitely something in in the sense that Seth Luttrell is is not is not standing pat, and I think for good reason. He shouldn't be standing pat. Yeah, he's he's, we a, talked he's about a college football week. coach. Yeah, we talked about it. Um, but with this loss, and if they don't win their bowl game, I don't think he leaves. Celebrate, play the kids, keep him here. Play the kids. <laughs> so I mean, so we'll see. We'll see if he does. If this team ends up. Going ten and two and then losing a bowl game and dropping to ten and three, it'll be tough. I, I, I just think I, that he is he's a competitive guy and I think that I, as a competitive guy um, You gotta look for bigger and better things. Yeah, but as a competitive guy, you, you do not wanna leave on a oh, on a note oh, where yeah, you've yeah. where you've you've preached we wanna win our bowl game. We wanna win our bowl game. I thought you were talking about him looking for No, yeah, him looking yeah. is is fine, obviously. And if you have a problem with that then you just don't understand the situation he's in. Uh but if they don't win the bowl game and they don't win the conference championship, then it's just he'll stay. It's it's just like it's just tough for me as a competitor. Yeah. I I just think about all the teams that I've been on that are you maybe not as good, but you're just like right. I want to will this team to a win, whether that's like me, like when sport. he wills me to to win and pick up basketball because I'm absolutely exactly bad. exactly. I still pick you up because I'm like you know he's a good guy. I don't need the best team to win. To win. And if and it's not as fun when you or. You want to build a team up from the start. That's my right. that's my point. He's yeah. done that here, and I feel yeah. like he just wouldn't be fulfilled. Who knows? Maybe I'm yeah. completely wrong. And I mean, obviously, if somebody, if Texas Tech or Oklahoma offers him all this money to go be the head coach, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> Good for him. I would not have. Nobody would blame him. But I just think that you can't. He's not going to leave for Nebraska or Missouri or Kansas, right? If if this team doesn't do as well as he wants them to do, I so, agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it is something, but. We'll see. we'll see. I'm gonna say my my part now. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> uh, I've always said that Mason or he'll stay till Mason leaves. I still yeah. kind of think that, but this is just we already talked about this. We got hate for it on Twitter. Like you need the the crowds and everything. You got to keep him consistent. You got to give Seth the reason to stay if you want him to stay. And I think it's it's just a coincidence that he signed the agent after the Southern Miss loss or not a La Tech loss. Yeah, but I think well, at least that's when it came out. That's right. when it came out. So right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair point. But Seth, Seth, this is. I think this is a, w- a waking point. Like, listen, Seth's not going to be here forever. Mason's Mason's gone after next year because obviously he's yes he's senior next year. You got to try to give Seth a reason to stay. Got to fill up Apogee. Got to yeah. keep him here. In terms, of, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, who do you have after that? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, something or nothing. My favorite uh, segment on this show. Because He's usually, really prepared. Usually I have very good stuff for this. Something or nothing. Damn. You know, I, we, you we thought co- of one. thing is, we covered everything that I, I wanted to cover about this game. you got to have at least one for there, me. There is one, but I don't know how to describe Just it say to you it. because you didn't get to see the at the very end of the game, right after the last whistle. I listened whistle, to the whole game. Okay. Well, okay. Let me just describe this for you all then. Just, just tell me. Just 
So after the game, they cut to a scene of Jordan Murray consoling Mason. Okay, okay, I already, I already know. Okay, yeah. It went on. about exactly as as you envisioned it. Mason, yeah, okay. Jordan Murray, you know, putting his hand over him. But it wasn't Mason Fine, you know, hugging him back or anything like that. I mean, it was it was Mason Fine looking irritated. Obviously, they just lost, but it didn't look it didn't look good. Okay, I know what you're saying. Okay. And Mason uh someone on my board mentioned this as well and I completely agree with it. They brought it back up to me. Uh, I think I wrote it down. Come on. You had it already written down. And so Mason basically, he didn't push him off or anything like that. He just, like, wasn't really into the consoling from Jordan Murray at that moment. Right. Uh, some, so is it something or nothing? Is there, is there, is there some turmoil? Some tension uh, okay. between Mason and the offensive line. I don't think it's enough of something, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, Mason, after losses, gets very upset. <laughs> yes, he does. It's not like... Mason gets emotional. We've seen it after the FAU loss last year. We've seen it after bowl game losses. Yes. We've seen it after games where they blow out teams. He's upset. So I don't think Mason being emotional or irritated is something. I, I just don't think it was Jordan okay. Murray shouldn't have gone over there. And <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, I think I'm reaching. I'm going to say it's nothing, but it did catch my eye. So. No, no, no. I, I think it's a good point to bring up. So because uh, it's worth it. It's worth bringing up. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think final uh, breakdown. I think we haven't had this in a few weeks, Bernie. I'm ready to listen to your. You're ready to listen to me talk. All right. This one, um, I don't want to go on too long about this one. Am I able to respond or no? After. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure. I didn't yes. know. Oh yes. It All is, right, Bruni. It is the Bruni Let and Colin back. breakdown. <laughs> Changing the name to it. BC breakdown. BCB. All right. So. North Texas is now 6-2, and 2-2 two, two and two in Conference USA play. As we mentioned earlier, they will not be winning Conference USA this season. That will leave a sour taste in the mouth of Seth Luttrell, quarterback Mason Fine, everybody on the team, all the seniors especially, going out without winning Conference USA. That was, uh, that was a big goal for them coming into the year. And um, while it will be mitigated if they win the bowl game, still it will be there. It will be there in some fashion. So, North Texas is not going to be winning Conference USA. Unless something unforeseen happens. Unless, yeah, but it's not happening. Yeah. So, they're not winning Conference USA. But that is okay. And like I said earlier, there's different degrees to okay. It's, it's not going to be okay for the players, obviously. They want to win. They want to win every game they play. But it is okay in the sense that they will still be able to have a successful season and a very, very productive season and probably the best season since tw- in Latrell's tenure without winning Conference USA. Last year, they went 9-5. and five. Last year, they went 9-3 and three in regular season play before they lost to FAU and they lost to Troy. This year, they are currently 6-2 and two with three Cupcake games and FAU, who is 1-2 in conference play. So, I mean, we don't even know what we're going to get from FAU at this point in the year. So there's a real potential that they go 10-2 and two on the season and don't win Conference USA. And like I said, that's going to be okay because as long as they win, go 10-2, and two, and if they win their bowl game, they will be 11-2 and two with a bowl game win. So listen to this. Listen to this resume, and I guarantee you it will impress you more than it will last year's. Last year, they you know lost to Iowa, lost to FAU twice, lost to lost to Troy, 
and um, blowouts. By the way, yeah, they were they were all blowouts. Oh, and SMU. I knew I was missing a fifth game. So five games, five bad losses. This year, you have wins against SMU, Crosstown rival. Huge win, huge win. You have record-breaking attendance numbers. Uh, you have a win against Arkansas on the road, catches national media attention. You have a, a good win against Liberty. I'm not going to – Liberty's not a bad team. They beat Troy. You have then – you then get off to a slow start in Conference USA play where you lose to La Tech and you lose to UAB. But like I said, if you beat FAU and you win your bowl game against a good team, let's say it's a Troy-level team or somewhere around there, you will have been a good team in the bowl game, a good FAU team, a good or an SEC team in Arkansas, and a good SMU team. That resume alone outdoes anything that North Texas did last year because beating clo- winning close games last year against Conference USA schools is cool, but beating <laughs> Arkansas on the road, that, that's cooler. That, that turns head. <laughs> that is actually a program-changing win. So, like I said, this could all go to hell if they lose to Rice or they lose to any of the four next opponents, really. I mean, FAU is going to be a good game. I don't know how to predict that game at all. I haven't done enough research on that, but... If they go, there's a real possibility they go four and zero over the next four games. So, and they're ten and two, and they go into a bowl game, and they actually win that bowl game. This will still be a very successful season, and these two losses will not. They're not going to mar how we remember this season. There, that's why I say this season is going to be okay. When you look back on this season two years from now, and they go, if if they go eleven and two, or even I mean even ten and three, not as much ten and three, but if they go eleven and two, you're going to look back on this season and be like, this is the year. They took a big step from nine and five to eleven and two because not just record wise they took a big step, but the teams that they beat, yeah. they took a big step. And yes, they had two close slip up. Close. We forget how close the Latte game was. Field yeah. goal away from winning the game. Latte game. Uh, UAB, you're driving to tie the game and you just you're a yard short from getting that first yeah. down. So, these are close losses. These are not bad losses. They yeah. haven't had a bad loss. They haven't had a bad full performance all season. So that's why I'm saying we we're going to look back on this if they go 11 and 2, even if they go 10 and 3 and lose the bowl game, um, we're going to look back on this season 2 3 years from now and we're going to say this was a big year for this program and this was still a, a really really good year and it was better than the 2017 season. And so for all those reasons, North Texas is not going to win Conference USA, but that is okay. That was so, beautiful. So yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the final that's my final breakdown. Uh, what what do you have to say about that, Colin? I have to say that I'd feedback. also like to add about the recruiting class. Oh yes. Oh, oh that, no, I was waiting for you to put yes, that on the resume. Yes, yes. I mean, this this year, like I said, two years from now, we're gonna look back on this recruiting class, the best number one in conference USA ever, setting them up. Yeah, number one ever. <laughs> Again, it can change. Players can decommit and change yeah, schools, whatever. But it's, I don't it's, it's not gonna change. It's not gonna change that drastically, I don't think, unless Seth actually leaves after this season. Then we'll then we'll, we'll get yeah, to then, that later. We might then, a look at then that. we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> but that's another day for another story. Um but yeah, so I mean that that's another thing too. I just there's there's so much positivity going up for this program. Two close losses in conference play, one being on the road. Uh, that's not gonna. De- that's not gonna permanently scar how this season is looked about, unless if they lose to FAU and they lose the bowl game and they end up going like eight and f- or nine and four, and then you're like, okay, well it's not kind of like last nine season. and five, nine and four, 
no big difference. But I think we'll see. I think two expectations kill. They people, do. people. I mean, we came into the season and and we're like, hey, they could go fourteen and zero. Hey, I said, nine, I said nine and three. Do not. No, no, no. I'm talking about like after people we saw, did. we saw yes. it could happen. Yes. We, I'm not saying that we predicted it happening. I think everyone, including you, uh, <laughs> included losses in the season. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, perfect seasons don't happen that often. Of course. Um, but I think everyone got caught up in the votes. Everyone got caught up in the four zero start. Everyone got yep. caught up in, you know, the SMU win, the Arkansas win. But you got to kind of take a step back and realize, like, this program three years ago, ten years ago, I mean, this couldn't happen. And you have the perfect storm happening with Ren, Seth, Mason, and you just kind of got to build off that and really just appreciate it. I agree. Um, I agree. And that's why it is important. I will say exactly what I said last year. It's important that people show up to the games, and it's important that we don't have Seth running out there to 10,000 people. Agreed, because... Seth will run out there to 10,000 people look at the stands and go, oh, hey, I could go somewhere else and this will be full. Yeah. I yeah, mean, can. I'm, if I, obviously North Texas is never going to be a Bama. Of course. Or of anything course. like that. And that is one thing and a I don't lot of people will say. And I don't think anybody, okay, I don't think anyone should expect that. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, not not just Bama, but, you know, on that level yeah, they, of A&M. They're not going to be, yeah. they're not going to be a perennial program. They, I think their ceiling, I think we can both agree, could be a UCF where they get like a couple good seasons and they kind of eh. Yeah, UCF it's, UCF is the pinnacle of everything. Right, I, I mean that's, like that's, U, that is the ceiling. USF is really good. They're yeah. top twenty five. Like a yeah. team like that, Memphis is always good. A Tech, almost. Yeah, yeah, Tech almost. It's, um, it's just different levels. Exactly. Like. This, so, but yeah, this so. team has a potential to be a perennial fun team, not a not a not a. You know, college football playoff competitors, of course. but it has a, to be a chance to be a perennial fun team where fans can come out and actually enjoy it. You know, expect wins, not just you know have Correct. it to where four, you have a four-year stretch where you win games and then you have a ten-year stretch where you lose games. This team has that potential, but it's not going to happen if fans aren't committed to showing up and Correct. you know, Correct. giving giving the program Correct. the attention that it needs. And we caught a lot of flack for saying that last week, but I mean, I completely stand by it because if you don't think that it mattered to that team and if you don't think it mattered to Seth Luttrell and company. You are not. You are Seth, wrong. Seth didn't go into the locker room going, "Oh yeah, that crowd was pretty good." Oh, you know, it, he, he, yeah, he didn't say, "No, it's it's raining." I expect about seven thousand people here. No, no, he. I mean, like I said last week, it's not. Seth Luttrell, Ren Baker are not, were not happy with that with that outpouring last week, and we saw it on Ren's Twitter. And Ren might have caught flack for it. Yeah, um, people might have said it's raining. You can't expect people. And to they show said it to us. And I understand. I understand it's raining. I do. I really understand that it was raining two hours before kickoff. It was raining an hour before kickoff. But man, you you look at you look across the country at rainy games. It's anywhere, anywhere where football matters to to an extent. I, I agree. Michigan and Michigan State was was rain delayed. You think Michigan hours. Michigan State didn't have Michigan State is twenty fourth in the country. They're not yeah. even top. 20 yeah. right now and they got their butts kicked Michigan, Michigan. wasn't on the map for how long yeah for, uh, before Jim- Harbaugh yeah it's, so again it's just consistency I think that's a big thing and we're gonna we, we might even catch flack for saying for saying this that the crowd I mean for bringing this back up but spoiler alert it's, it's, it matters it's gotta be brought back up though it does because I mean I've, I've said it every week I've said it multiple times this podcast you have to appreciate what you have while you have it and capitalize on it because again you're not gonna have who thought that a 160-pound quarterback coming from Pegs, Oklahoma, was going to become this? Who thought he was going to break every record in the book? No one. I mean, we thought he was going to be okay. We didn't think he was going to be yeah. this. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I, I remember, mean, no, yeah, no I one did. He had five touchdowns, six interceptions his first season. Yeah. So that kind of transitioned to one thing I wanted to bring up for next game. When we start looking at next game, Mason Fine is now 349 yards behind the all-time, uh, what was it, passing yards. Yeah, <laughs> from Com- career passing Matt yards. Mayer? Yeah, something like that. Uh, it doesn't matter. He's going to be gone. Yeah, in the record book. He's, he's erased. He's gone. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so yeah, he's 349 yards away from that. That will be really hard to get in the sense that I, I hope he plays enough to get that. I think – You think Seth will put – that's, that's something or nothing, Mason, something or nothing. Mason is not though. coming out of that game until he gets 350 yards. No, I don't think Mason comes out of the game at all. I think, I think, think Mason has a up fire. <laughs> I think Mason has fire in his eyes. Mason is a really good dude, but inside that man is burning right now Jesus. and wants to just destroy everything. And, and Mason gets emotional – after games, and I think this is where it comes out. Just lets and it it's rip just, on it's rice. just gone. They're Seventy tired. passes. They're tired. <laughs> They're tired of a close win to UTEP. Lost, lost. Uh, pulled away against Southern Miss, but the defense steals the headlines yeah. against Southern Miss. So, Seth, if Mason Fine can put up 350 yards, break the record on homecoming, and beat the hell out of Rice in front of probably 28,000 people. Sad that it's not full, but all right. Mason Fine's legend will grow, and I'll be very happy for him. But if if he if Seth Luttrell pulls him when he has 300 yards, I'll have to ask him about that after the game. I will ask him. He, about that he would just tell game. you, we just well, want we just want to keep him out of the game, keep him fresh. We just want to win the game, <laughs> Coach. That's not what people want. Um, I was in a, I, I I thought about this while we were talking about this. Do you think expectations are getting to this team in terms of not their performance on the field, but? When they don't think they're having as bad as how they're handling it, yeah. Oh, man, that's a loaded, this team hasn't caught a loaded question. This team, I know it's a loaded question, but this team hasn't caught flack for having a good season. If that makes sense, like they 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 haven't got credit for having a good season. I okay. okay well, I'm saying yeah. I'm saying in years past teams are not saying in years past they've been bad and they deserve the criticism. But this season, it's like they're, they're doing they're anything in their criticism. power to be good. And they're catching all this flack. Do you think that like it's getting to anybody? Damn. And I know, I know, I know. This is like, I mean, this is a lot. I don't th- think so. This is a lot easier. I mean, this is a lot more complicated than you. I don't think question. so. But the thing is, the players really want to win. We know this, right? And I'm not saying again. I'm not talking about on-field performance. But I'm talking about in pressure can get to players even if they want to win it could affect them in a negative way right and like do you think it's tough like That's do you tough. think when 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 whoever's scrolling through twitter and they see that this they think that people think that this team has the motivation of the 1-11 team do you think that that bothers them not saying that it affects their on-field performance but do you think that it bothers them i think it bothers them and it i think if anything it just lowers the trust they have with their fan base and that that sucks because these are college kids and they just want to they're just playing football right and they're just you know they're not going to go to the nfl most of them and they're just playing it for fun they're just trying to get education and you got guys that are willing to just completely rip the heads off of them regardless this is not a power five school i've said it before right this is not a power five school you cannot expect a and m out of this program you can't expect this team beat an sec school for god's sakes i mean and you're still going to have people coming at this team and just saying that they have no motivation, they don't have the will to win, they don't have what it takes to be a special team. Uh, I mean, you, you're you going to rip offensive coordinator that has 
made this offense one what of the it best is. in the country. Yeah. I mean, you can say whatever you want about Graham on specific plays, but to get to this point, Graham Harrell has been unbelievable in transforming this offense from last year's to this year because it is a different offense. And he has had to, he lost Jeffrey Wilson. He um, had to handle not incorporating Michael Lawrence's. But Lauren he's Easley's made, injured. Lauren Easley is injured. He's had to make changes with an offensive line that is not, you know, we both agreed is not very good. So, I mean, for every bad thing you could say about this team, they've all shown on multiple occasions what they can do at a high level. So I don't think that the pressure is getting to them or has gotten to them um, at a substantial level at all. But I will say that people applying pressure to this team that is six and two, and that is that, kind of unnecessary. And that's what I'm more is meaning is that the, the kind of trust in the fan base. I'm not. I'm not saying that like they're getting affected on the field, but I think it might be frustrating when they go back and they, you know, they are six and two and they're like. Well, how is this not good enough? And yeah. obviously, you want to win every game. They go into every of game course. thinking that. But when you come out of like when you're four and zero, and then you lose a really tough game to La Tech, and people are like, "Oh my, you know what the heck? We're and not it, showing up." Yeah, again. yeah. And they see that, and it's like you're only like it's it's like it's like I'm trying to think of uh, I had the analogy in my head. It's like you have that one friend that you always help out and always help out and always help out. And then when you need help, yeah, they're not there for you. Yeah. You could kind of say that on a level that that's, yeah. that's this, I understand. that's this fan base. And again, I'm not, hit, I'm not saying this about the diehard fans or anything like and that. Thing is, the or the people base... or the people that listen to this podcast or anything like that. Of course. But the casual fans, yes, the there's 200 students. Yeah. And there's, and, uh, this school has the biggest alumni base in Dallas. I believe so. And it's like it's, it's stat. I okay, forgot. I saw it somewhere. Where where are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you can say that you did so much for this program, you know, coming here and being alumni or whatever, but you're not here. You you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, the thing is, you're. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna catch flack for saying that from people who say, "Well, we broke attendance records twice this but year." But that's that is reported attendance. There was reported attendance for that USM game. <laughs> that was nineteen thousand. Yeah. You know, people were actually there. Not that many. Yeah. Probably about a quarter of that at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I I do agree. I mean, we've we've gone into attendance for, yeah. for a while, so uh, we'll just leave it. We'll just leave it at that. That I, uh, until next week. It's gonna be interesting. Until it's gonna be very week. interesting to see how the rice crowd is because the rice rice crowd right. should be. Big. I think the rice crowd will be good. Do you think that they need to stay the whole game? Yes. But I'm saying I'm saying like. Not 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 students. Students, you go party because it's homecoming. Right, but I'm saying like you know the, the left side, the the side next yeah. to the press box. You better all be there. Yeah. To give a standing ovation to set the trail <laughs> and Mason fine, um, because they deserved it. Just, students, you can go do whatever yeah. you want. It's just don't just uh, just show up. Just show up against uh, FAU. Yeah, just show up for that game. That's a Thursday night game. Show up for that. Uh, as long as as long as you students are not uh, falling through floors of the ridge like you were last year, just don't do that. Okay. <laughs> we might lose a couple if fans. I hear, if I hear any sound at the ridge, I'm calling the police. Okay, don't make me do that. <laughs> All right, let's get into rice real quick. Rice. Okay, let's, let's let's just run through this because we're running a little bit long. Yeah, we just went on a yeah, really big run. So the thing is, uh, as everybody who know, watches this podcast or listens to this podcast knows, rice is not good. They are one and seven on the year. Zero and four. Their one win was against Prairie View A and M. They almost uh, lost. Shout out to my friend Anthony, uh, who goes to Prairie View A and M. He's not on the team. But he he goes there. He attends there. Okay. And um, Rice barely beat them on a last second field goal to open the season. Then 
they have lost all four of their um, Conference USA games, and I don't think they've been close in one. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe no, they haven't I looked been close at in it. any of them. Yeah, I looked at it earlier. Um, pull it up. Let me hit you with some stats. Oh, go ahead. Hit me with some. Um, they've rotated through three quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> one 9 for 19, one 17 for 31, and one 99 for 174. The main one, Sean, I can't say his name, I have Stankenvidge. Stankovich. We're going with it. Uh, nine touchdowns to seven interceptions on six yards average per attempt, about a 56% completion rating. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, 144 yards per game. Again, bad. <laughs> uh, rushing statistics. Uh, they got two running backs. Two backs, yeah. Both have 112 carries, one for 507 yards, one for 443 yards. They both average 36 yards per game. <laughs> Um, oh, I should not laugh at that, Colin. Okay, they're trying their hardest. Uh, I hate that you had to add that on there. For, like con- for context. <laughs> you just dug that into the ground. Huh? For context, uh, that's like what DeAndre Torrey had last game, and we both talked about how bad the run game was yeah, last so week. Yeah, so just think of the UAB game and DeAndre Torrey. Just think of that run game every single week. <laughs> every <laughs> single week. <laughs> like, not even inconsistency, just consistently oh. that. Okay, so, so this uh, these receiving statistics are just as bad. Okay. 37, their leading receiver, 37 receptions for 384 yards. Not that bad. That's not I'm trying to think. It's like Jalen Darden numbers. Jalen Darden had 143 yards in a game. Okay, Jalen Darden numbers before last game, because I did a profile on him, so I know. Okay, so what is that? I have to think that. Eight games, 30 divided by eight is what? 3.5, something like that. 3.75. So is that 35 yards a game? No. How many? Yeah, yeah. Thirty-five yards a game. That is a leading no receiver. No way, no way, no way. How? What's the yardage again? Three hundred eighty-four. Three hundred eighty-four yards. They've played how many games? They played set eight, eight. games. That's three hundred eighty-three. It's like thirty-nine yards a game. It's like forty. Right. Forty times. If no, had, no, no, if, no, no, If he had four hundred yards, it'd be fifty yards. It's, it's fifty. Fifty. It's almost fifty. Almost fifty. It's almost fifty. That's still not good. Okay. Because then it goes down to, it go, okay, fifty yards a game to like forty yards a game. To like twenty yards a game, to like ten yards a game. Bro, I have this on the tab. I got that on the tab. Oh, you got it. Have it right here, Colin. It's a tab. Why are we I doing that? ESPN thing. Okay, well you just. I, am not going right, to I got it. I got it. All right, you hit me with it. Um, Austin, Austin Trammell uh, is at forty-eight yards per game. Aaron Cephas is at forty-six point seven yards per game. Austin Walters at 36 yards per game, and that's it, pretty much. Their next one is 20 yards per game. Very potent passing attack. Okay, uh, kicking statistics, no one cares. Yeah. Uh, I think that the thing, as we all expect, North Texas should should win this game pretty easily. Um, Rice is, seems to be turnover-prone, and they seem to be big play-prone, which UAB uh, UAB broke on like a 95-yard pass on them. Yeah. They broke 45-yard pass on them. They and UAB does not a ton pass of offense. Yeah, they're not. So um, Rice, we know, uh, is going to give up big plays. They could turn it over a few times. Uh, I don't think they're as well-rounded as UTEP. Uh, I felt like UTEP at least had some older guys on there. Like um, UTEP's the type of team that's going to annoy a team. and I feel like they try really and, and they try. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be the team that makes it close no matter what, but always loses. Yeah. Rice is the team that just always <laughs> yeah, loses. Yeah, UTEP was close against Louisiana Tech. Rice is the team that just always loses. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, anything else on Rice? I don't think so. Uh, I don't, I don't, think, I don't do think anybody wants to hear anything else on Rice. I don't. I All right. Want, 
Get the prediction, Colin. Give me your prediction. I'm, I I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to. That's oh, trying to I, I was sitting here like I was right. trying to think of like how much. I'm trying to mine. think if Mason. Okay, can I have two? Can no. I have one if Mason goes out and one if Mason stays in? No. No, that doesn't make any sense. They're gonna take him out once they're up by like 40 points. No way. Mason okay. is staying in the game. Okay. And especially once he breaks the record. We saw it against out. SMU. He didn't come out until like yeah, but that's eight SMU. minutes left. They were up by like what 30 something. 36. Okay, thank you. Okay, Mason stays in the whole game. Give me 49-0. Shut up. Rice <laughs> is going to score a point. 49-3. I mean, you can predict whatever you want. I'm just saying. No, you're no right. They're going to get a field goal. They don't score a freaking point. They didn't score against UAB. Is that true? Yeah, oh, yeah they didn't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay, well, okay then. Do you want to do a 49-0? No, 49-3. Okay. Give me the benefit of the doubt. Jesus Christ. Got to try to keep this differential. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... UIW, North Texas scored 58 points. Arkansas, they scored 44. SMU, they scored 46. It's going to be high. This be team high is worse than all those teams. Yeah, this is going to be a high-scoring game. And I think they're going to be pissed off. So, give me 55. <laughs> 55 to, I don't know what's so funny. 55. So just put 15 for fun. To 7. 55 to 7. For those of you that can't see, he just dug his pen into his notebook and just dragged <laughs> that through the page. It's very dark. Seven. All right. Um, we have both of them. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else? We're, we're kind of we're long. No, please roast us on Twitter. Add yeah. us both. It's up there. Yes. Um, uh, one more thing. One more thing. We need to we need to do a plug. Next week, we will be starting our oh, basketball yeah. podcasts. I like basketball a lot more than football. We are both huge, huge, huge basketball fans. So if you like basketball, be there. We will be doing it on Mondays. Yeah. So we will be doing a football podcast on Sundays and a basketball one on Mondays. Until football season ends, then we're going back to Sundays. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So um like like we said, if you like basketball, we're gonna be we're gonna be going so deep into this team. Bruni and I love basketball. We we do. We do. So um you think we go in depth for football, basketball is going to be literally on steroids. It's yeah. We watch like lots of basketball games. We do. So, so. <laughs> so be ready for that on Mondays again, starting next Monday, not this Monday, not tomorrow. It'll be late at night too. We're gonna stream it still, but it's gonna it's be gonna late, be late. At night. Yeah, we we're very busy, very yeah. busy people. Very Colin. busy. So yes, on Monday nights we will be having a basketball podcast, while on Sundays at the same time we will be doing football. So get the football, get your football, you know, eat it up. And, and for those of you Monday, that are watching basketball. this later, October 29th, it's not this coming up. Monday. Yes, there you go, October 29th. Yeah. That night, we will be doing our first basketball podcast. We will be we're gonna try to keep it about 30 40 minutes. We're not gonna keep it, yeah, because it's pre it's preseason, yeah, and it's late. We have bedtimes, yeah. Uh, so again, we're just gonna try to keep them all 30 to 45 minutes. We're gonna go preview everything next week. And if you haven't read any of my preview stuff, you can subscribe. Um, I did the Ryan and Rose ones for free. Yep. If you don't know who those are, then just go read. Just don't <laughs> even don't even watch. Don't even. Just <laughs> so um, yeah, th- those are both free on the site. Mean Green twenty four seven twenty four seven Sports. Um, we I've done Zachary Simmons and Tope Arikwe, uh the last two days. Those are both VIPs, so you have to subscribe if you want to see those. And a lot of my in depth stuff for basketball will be VIP only. So. If you care about basketball and you want this basketball team, you're not going to get this coverage from anywhere else. I mean, I don't even know who else covers that the team that in-depthly besides the DRC, but the DRC does not go in-depth 
the way that they don't go player by player. Doing. They they're not they're not doing what we're doing here at also, 24/7, especially yeah. the here, depth here wise. At, here at BCB. Yeah, shut, shut up. We're you, not you changing made it the a thing name. now. We're not we're, we're not no. changing the name. Go continue, Collins. Okay, I was gonna say also during basketball season we're gonna be having some some post game coverage as well. Correct. It's gonna be basketball season is gonna be a lot different than football season. Correct. We'll go more into that in the basketball pod, just but just be excited. Yes. So again, Ming Green twenty four seven. We got tons of stuff on that. The most in depth coverage of anybody else on this team. So if you care about this basketball team, uh, and you should because they were predicted fourth, and I could see them coming in higher than fourth in the conference. This Stay team, tuned. This team's a damn, <laughs> damn good team. So anyways. Uh, I think that's all we had today for Bruni's Breakdown. Thank you for joining us, whether you're watching on Twitch or listening on SoundCloud at Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. We thank you for joining us. For Colin Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni, and you have a great week. Fantastic.